0: Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to break down or start breaking down Hebrews chapter 10. This will be at least a two-part series, but man, Hebrews 10 hits really, really hard, and it's really meant to encourage the readers of this book or this letter, the book of Hebrews. And it, it, it and it's, it's not meant to scare people or discourage them. It, it's meant to encourage, because the author is pouring out detail after detail about how Jesus is better and that there is a new covenant and it's much better than the old covenant and he's trying to remind them to stay with jesus because we are now under this new covenant that jesus has established by making a sacrifice of his own body of giving himself and shedding his own blood and 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 he is that once and for all sacrifice and that that old covenant that they have been under for so long, ever since Genesis 17, when God made that old covenant with Abraham, the Hebrew author says, it's, that old covenant is now obsolete. And, and so he explains to them how all that stuff that's going on in the Old Testament, it just points uh, forward to Jesus, the Messiah that they had been looking for for such a long time. And, and, and so he is just reminding them that Jesus is better and not to leave Jesus because they're going back into Judaism and and leaving Jesus and they're no longer meeting together and that's why he's just gonna punch them in the mouth in Hebrews chapter 10 and just lay it all on the line and and by doing so he's he's just trying to encourage and love them uh, to stay with Jesus Uh, there's a couple of verses in this chapter that people and I've done it myself because I've used this this verse uh these verses in, in sermons before about uh from hebrews ten twenty five about uh how we'll take these passages and beat people over the head for uh, missing some church services um but when we get there we'll discuss this, but it goes way deeper uh when when the Hebrew author talks about people. Uh, not meeting together as the the habit of some is that he's not he's not beating people up for not coming to a church service. It, it's way deeper, and we'll talk more about that when we get there, probably in the next podcast. But this chapter, Hebrews chapter ten, it's absolutely jam packed with some awesome stuff. So let's just dig in and get going on this stuff. Uh, what I want to do is I just want to read through the first half of this chapter. I'm not gonna make very many comments on it because the author is basically repeating some points that he's already made and, and we've already covered uh these points in depth uh in previous podcasts. And if you haven't listened to any of the, the Hebrew series, I encourage you to go back and, and, and start with chapter one, uh, because this this book, this book of Hebrews is absolutely rich and it's challenging. Um and so let's just jump into this. He says uh, in, in verses 1 through 18, it says, The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could, they, they would have provided perfect cleansing, and the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshippers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But, instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why, when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scriptures. And and, uh, that came from Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. First, Christ said, you do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. And he's mentioned this several times in this chapter, that Jesus was our once and for all sacrifice. Under the old covenant, (coughs) under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again which can never take away sins. And he's already talked about that. But our high, our high priest, talking about Jesus, we've talked about that. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. So we've already talked about Jesus because he's mentioned him uh, being at the Father's right hand in the place of honor several times in the in this book so far uh, there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet for by that one offering he forever made p- perfect uh, he, For he forever made perfect those who are being made holy and the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so for he says this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day says the Lord I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds as Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three. And then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds, Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four. I think it's pretty cool how the Hebrew author is quoting all these Old Testament scriptures using the Psalms and using the prophets as well. And we have the same scriptures that he was quoting over 2,000 years ago. It's just really cool to me. And then he finishes verse 18 by saying, And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So he's basically just driving home these points. He's repeating them over and over again. And remember when something's repeated in the Bible, they didn't have punctuation marks. Uh, they didn't have exclamation points and stuff like that. They uh they would repeat something to make sure that it was emphasized. And so he he has repeated these points over and over again throughout this book or uh, this letter of the book of Hebrews. And he's driving home these points to these people because they're considering what well, I said a while ago about going back into Judaism. And, and he says, what he's going to say next, it, it, it seems like that some people have already made that decision. They've already left Jesus. They've already went back into Judaism and they're no longer meeting together. And, and, and so he's trying to encourage the ones who are still there but teetering on that decision. He's trying to encourage them to stay with Jesus. Um, and, and so he's trying to tell them, you know, if Jesus is the real deal, you go back into that old system, it, it's no longer in effect. It's obsolete. And so he's really just gonna just lay down the hammer on these people and, ver- and starting in verses 19 through 22. So fasten your seatbelts because this is, this is about to get rough right here. It's gonna be a rough ride. He says in verses 19 through 22, and so. Dear brothers and sisters, and I want to state the fact here, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, he is writing this letter to Jewish Christians, people who have confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, people who have been baptized in the watery grave, people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, people who have been walking with Jesus for quite some time. And so we cannot say, well, they just never, they never were saved. They didn't mean it. They just got wet or however you want to put that. He is writing to Jewish Christians and he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And so he he's referring back to the uh the tabernacle again to explain to them that the new covenant is way better it's it's just so awesome he doesn't use those words that's my words today but it's it's way better it's It's more awesome than that old covenant and there there no longer has to be these sacrifices made before God to please God because jesus god's son who 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 uh, was God in the flesh, he has made a once and for all sacrifice that has taken away the guilt of sin and it makes us in good standing with God. And, and just like those priests would make sacrifices and sprinkle the blood of an animal on the altar, in the tabernacle, and in the temple, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus and it cleanses us. And just like the priests would wash in the brazen laver, you know, they, they would make the sacrifices, and then they would be all bloody from the sacrifices and all nasty from burning it, and they would go to the brazen laver as they were on their way into the holy place to get to the holiest of holies to get into God's presence. And so they would wash in that brazen laver. And so just as uh, our, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus and it cleanses us, the priests would wash in that brazen laver next and and it's just like we are baptized into jesus immersed into that watery grave and we are a new creation in christ that's the way the tabernacle system worked that's the way the temple system worked and that's the way we work if we want to get to god then we have to make a sacrifice we have to die to self and we have to be washed in the water that's that's what Jesus says uh, that we're to uh, repent of our sins and be baptized uh, in Mark 16, 15, and 16. Uh, and in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 37 through 41, 42, they say, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent every one of you in the, uh, and be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if we want to get to God, then we gotta die to self, make our sacrifice, be washed in the water, and then we can enter into the holy place because we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, and and because of the blood of Jesus, we can go right into or right to the throne of God. Be, uh, the Hebrew author says uh he talk he talks about the blood of Jesus and, and not from any animal sacrifice you could take all the animals that were sacrificed for thousands of years in that old covenant and 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 none of those animal sacrifices could uh, could could reconcile us back to God. It took the blood of Jesus for that curtain that separated man from God in the tabernacle and in the temple it took the blood of Jesus to uh to tear down that, that curtain, if you will, that separation. Because when Jesus died on the cross, if you remember that curtain, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. Um and so uh that curtain being torn down it gives us direct uh direct access to God. We don't we don't need a priest anymore to pray on our behalf like Israel did uh, back in the Old Covenant, how the, the priest would make daily sacrifices for himself, and then he would make sacrifices on behalf of the people and sprinkle the blood o- on the altar. We don't need a priest today to pray on our behalf. We don't need a priest to sit in a, a confession booth and spill our guts out uh, to, to some dude because we have a great high priest, Jesus As the Hebrew author says, he rules over God's house. And since Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding on our behalf, uh, we can go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts and fully trust God. And this was huge for uh, his audience, the author's audience, because this was one of their biggest Problems. One of the biggest issues they have was they have lost their confidence in God. They no longer were trusting God because of this persecution. I mean, it, we don't know what, per, at least here in the United States, we don't really have any idea. Some people do, there's always exceptions. But most people in the United States, we have freedom freedom to worship. And I say thank you, Jesus, for giving us that. But we don't really understand persecution. Where we're watching our family and our loved ones getting beaten or killed uh for their faith and, and and that's that's not what's going on here. They are being persecuted, and he's going to mention that in this chapter, but they're he even tells me you you haven't shed blood yet, so they're not dying for their faith, but they are getting beaten they are getting put in jail, and they are losing their possessions and that's the three things that he says about their persecution in this chapter. And it would be very difficult uh, to live under persecution. I mean, can you imagine just being in a house full of friends and family and, and all of a sudden somebody just burst through your door, you know, and start beating the crap out of you or, or threaten to kill your loved ones unless you quit uh, or, or renounce Jesus. Uh, and And so it would be very, very difficult. And so that's what they were living with being persecuted and and it was hard on them and you know i I can kind of understand even though i can't relate but i I read about the persecution all throughout the book of of acts and what paul went through and being beaten and and killed and and stoned and and just it it was terrible for these people these early christians and and so here these jewish christians they're being persecuted and they've been serving god all their lives and now they're saying we got to come to Jesus to go to heaven to get to God because his sacrifices are are no they're null and void they don't matter anymore Jesus is the only sacrifice he's the only way to God he is the way so we have to go through Jesus but yet when we go through Jesus it it's it, it's it's hard because we're getting beaten for our faith and we're getting put in prison and we're losing our stuff and and, and so they were having a hard time trusting God. Um, they were losing their confidence in God, and 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 they're thinking, well, hey, I could just go back into Judaism because persecution wasn't happening in Judaism, and it's a lot easier. And 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 so um, the Hebrew author is trying to tell them, hey, look, it it doesn't work that way. You can't go back into Judaism and expect to get into heaven and be with Jesus for eternity because he is the only way. And if you if you leave the only way and go back into this religion that is now empty, it's obsolete. Those sacrifices, it doesn't matter how many animal sacrifices you make between now until you die. It, it, those animal sacrifices are, are null and void. There's only one sacrifice that matters now and that's... The the sacrifice that Jesus, God's son, made on the cross, and ha- when he came out of that tomb victorious on the third day, and he, and, and now he has made a way, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and to walk away from Jesus and and to go into Judaism. They're missing out, and that, and that's what he's that's what he's telling them in this chapter. He's just laying the law down on these people, and so he tells them in verses twenty three through twenty five, and and he says. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. So some thoughts that that we can consider here. One of the things that I was... uh, Reading this chapter and, and and making these notes, I thought, have you ever flown a kite? You know, when you're a kid, or or maybe with, if you have kids and you've been with your kids and, and and flown a kite with with your own kids, what what's one of the first things that you your parents told you as a child, or you tell your kids? You say, hold on tight and don't let go. Well, why is that? Because the wind that makes that kite fly. If you let go of that string, because you can feel it tugging on the kite, right? But if, if you let go of that string, the kite's gone. It's going to end up in a tree somewhere, or worse than that, it's going to just fly off and come crashing down to the ground miles away, and, and the kite will be damaged, destroyed, if you can even find it. Um, and so that that's the image here. Uh, the kite is, it's like, the kite is hope but not hope like we think is hope like you know uh i hope this is going to happen or i hope that's going to uh happen I, I, I hope that we can get the electricity going in my in my uh camper tomorrow um it's not that kind of hope this this hope that the hebrew author is referring to and paul off, often talks about hope it's a solid hope he is referring to the promise of being in heaven with jesus that is the great hope and so he's saying hold on to the promise that god has given that we are being saved through our great high priest jesus because he is making intercession for us as he sits on the throne at god's right hand so don't let go of that hope of being in heaven with jesus and that's what they're doing they're they're, they're leaving Jesus and going back into Judaism. They're losing hope. They're losing their confidence. They're losing their trust in God. And he's saying, don't let go of that hope. Which brings me to the second thing I want to talk about. And it's this. And this is what the Hebrew author says to his readers. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. People who have been burned by life, we have trust issues. I mean, let's just be honest. People who have been burned by life have trust issues. A spouse cheats and what happens? We lose our trust. We never even though we forgive that person, or at least I hope we can forgive that person, we never fully trust them. Do we? And if you've ever been in that situation, you you understand. A person is abused by a parent or or a, a loved one or a spouse. What happens? We don't trust them and we're skittish around other people. We we don't trust other people. We get burned by a coworker. What happens? We feel like we can't trust our coworkers, any of them anymore. And and so here we are, we're, if you think about this, we're, we're worshiping a God that we cannot see. I mean, what, what did Jesus tell Thomas? He says, because Thomas says, I'm not, because Jesus had been appearing to the disciples, but every time he would pop in, Thomas was not there. And they kept saying, hey, we've seen Jesus. And Thomas says, nope, I don't believe you. I wasn't here until I could put my hands in. In, in in his hands and see the nail prints in his hands and touch his side. I'm not believing you. I'm I I know I, I saw him die on the cross. I saw him buried, and and I'm not believing that he has come back from the dead. And Jesus made Thomas wait eight days. And on that eighth day, Jesus pops in the room and Thomas is there with the disciples this time. And Jesus went go straight over to Thomas. He says, "Here's my hands." And here's my side, he says, "Go ahead and touch him and and Thomas is like, "Oh my Lord and my God!" And Jesus says, "Thomas, you believe me because you see me, but blessed are those who have never seen me and yet believe well, you know what that that's us. We are those two thousand years removed from the Gospels being written, and we've never seen Jesus. Hey, look." I know you want to believe that Jesus is is is, is uh, visiting you or whatever. Let me tell you something. Jesus ain't popping in your bedroom. Jesus ain't popping up in your car. It it, it doesn't work like that. Blessed are those who have never seen yet still believe. Jesus is not tangible. He he he's not here on this earth walking around anymore. The, John wrote in his in in his gospel. He said we could reach out and touch him. John 1, 14. We could reach out and touch him. We ate fish with him. We 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 drank uh, juice, wine, whatever you want to call it, with him. We hung out with him. We talked with him. Even after his resurrection, we saw Jesus. But Jesus ascended back to heaven and he's sitting at the Father's right hand. And he's not coming back to this earth until the Father says it's time. And he'll come back and and this whole thing will be over with. And so what we have to do is believe in Jesus by faith. That we have to believe that what we cannot see is real. Jesus is not tangible. He, 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 like my glass of water, I can pick up my glass of water, I can take a drink, which I'm going to. That glass of water is tangible. I can touch it. I can hold it. Jesus is not that way. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit. One day, he'll be tangible. One day, we will be standing, kneeling. We will be before Jesus, and we will see him with our own eyes, and we will be able to reach out and touch him, shake his hand, give him a hug, all of this stuff. But for now, we have to believe by faith that Jesus is real. And these Jews, they cannot see Jesus and they're being persecuted. So, why not go back into Judaism where they can see everything that's going on? It's all tangible. But see, the problem is, it's all obsolete. It's empty. All of those animals that they can literally see with their eyes being sacrificed, they can go over there and touch the sacrifice if they want to. But all of those animals that are tangible, that cannot save them, nor Can it get them in to heaven? And so they're having this trust issue with God and especially with Jesus. And they have lost their confidence and the author is saying to them, you can trust God and he will keep his promise to you. Just hold on tight. Just hold on tight. Trying to see in my notes where I want, if I want to cover more. Or end it here and go go to something different. So I'm going to end it with this, and I'll come back to this in in the next podcast. He's going to, after encouraging them to to stay with Jesus and believe him by faith, and and. telling them that God can be trusted. He's going to switch gears on them and he's going to say, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So I'm going to end Hebrews 10, part 1 here. And I'll pick this up with with this verse 24 in mind. But I want to end just by saying that you can trust God. You can trust Jesus. I can trust God. I can trust Jesus. Uh, I'm going to be singing a song. Uh, I'm I'm going to be uh, taking over as worship leader at First Christian Church on August 21st. And uh, one of the songs that we're singing talks about that, how he's the king, let the king of my heart, uh how does it how, it's by Corey Osberg and the the lyrics just literally just left my mind. Anyway, it talks about that how he will Jesus will never let us down. And he says, You are good, you are good. Um that's the king of my heart is the name of the song, I believe. But he will never let you down. Yes, bad things happen. Yes, hard times come our way. But look, if God didn't spare His own Son, what makes you think that you're better than Jesus? Difficult times come, difficult times go. But the thing about it is, Jesus never leaves us nor forsakes us. He promises never to abandon us. He's, he's with us through the, through it all, thick and thin. When the good times come and the bad times come, he is here. Yes, people have a tendency to blame God, to get mad at God because this has happened or that's happened and they can't believe that God's allowing them to go through this. Well, why not? He allowed his own son to go through one of the most horrific punishments and deaths and beatings. So what makes us think that we're any better than Jesus? That's not happening to us. You know, we, we may have somebody talk about us. We may have something, you know, that, that catches us off guard in life every now and then. But that doesn't mean that, that God's not on the throne anymore. It doesn't mean that, that Jesus it just like turned a blind eye away from us for a few minutes and just let something happen to us. No, he, he knows what's going on in our lives and he's wanting us to reach out to him and he's wanting us to trust him. He's wanting us to have confidence in him. He's wanting us to have faith in him. And that's what he's going to say in the next chapter, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And then he goes on and talks about all these people who uh, live by faith. And that's what's going on with these, these, these Jewish Christians. They're losing their faith in Jesus. And they're going back into this empty religion that cannot do anything for them. It cannot wash their sins away. It cannot make their conscience clean before a holy god no matter how many sacrifices they make no matter how many times they visit a priest it's only through jesus and so i i I just want to ask you this before we go what has happened in your life or maybe you know somebody that something has happened in their life and it's caused them it's caused you to turn your back on jesus And go do whatever. Go back into this empty thing that you try to fill that void with. That you try to find comfort and relief in. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Just like he said in the last chapter, think back to when you first believed. Think back. Remember how it was when you first came to Jesus and how excited you were and you start, instead of focusing on the bad stuff that's going on in your life, focus on the blessings that you have. Focus on the talents that God has given you to use. Think about the, these, these blessings that He has poured into your life. That you can get out of the bed in the morning and, and move about and have your being, that you can go to your job because you have the ability and the motor skills to use your your fingers your hands your mouth your eyes your you can hear all these great things these blessings that we just take for granted and just begin thanking him for the simple things and the little things and 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 just begin to work on your relationship with him and and know that that he cares and that he loves you and we love you and we're here to pray for you if we can if we can help you with anything, if we can encourage you in any way, contact us at thegrounditpodcast at gmail.com and we will get with you promptly. And if we're not in your area, we'll find somebody that'll help you in your area, that will answer your questions, that will encourage you, that will pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, they'll tell you how to become a Christian and, and they will study the scriptures with you. Um, but anything that we can help you with, pray with you about or anything, please contact us at podcast at gmail.com and, and, and we'll do whatever we can. But God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We'll pick up and finish Hebrews chapter 10 in the next, next podcast. Uh, you Just have a, a blessed day. Remember, God loves you. We love you. Jesus loves you enough to die for you and be resurrected for you and to give you the the greatest hope that anyone could ever have and that's to be with him in heaven thank you for listening today and i pray that you have a blessed day keep grinding thank you for listening to the grinded podcast today may god bless you if you have any comments or questions you can email them to us at the at gmail.com If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.